What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 38, man. We are moving through these things like you would not believe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, especially during this holiday weekend, but I'm so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak you guys know what you got to do like subscribe hit the notification buttons go to the clip page run those numbers up man let's go run those numbers up uh to, to to the highest possibility that we can share this it's a holiday weekend man you guys got a little bit of time off you're doing some garage cleaning you're doing some cooking or some cleaning up eating some leftovers you're driving around to the malls for black friday shopping and all that kind of good stuff put unfiltered with jesse holly in your system. You don't got to watch it on YouTube, which I, I greatly appreciate if you do. But if you're on the run and out and about, go go listen to it on, uh, on, on, on Spotify. Go listen to it on Apple. Hit the notifications there so that you never miss an episode ever, ever, forever. You guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation in the beginning because let's be honest, some of you won't even be here at the end. And that's okay. I'm not for everybody but before you decide that give me three shows pick any one that you want by the time you see this you'll have 38 to choose from pick three shows give me about 10 to 15 minute listen on each one of those shows if you're done with those shows and you decide to yourself nah jay holly is not for me i will say pick three more shows and then pick three more shows after that until you learn to love me right i am a lovable person you will learn to love me all right here we go this might be a little bit sacrilegious because of who it's come from, but I, I heard it and I thought to myself, and I even fought myself. I even fought myself, but I love you and I thought this was a message that you, me, us, we needed to hear. But it comes from Jay Billis. If you don't know, Jay Billis played basketball at the University of Durham Tech. No, he played basketball at Duke. I know, I know it's always go heal, but I thought this was so profound and I thought this was such a good thing. Uh, and I'm going to kind of say, I'm, it's his words, but I'm going to kind of put them in reverse. Uh, he said, Jay Billis, don't take special for granted. Because if you're not careful, you can start to think it's routine. Don't take special for granted. Don't take special for granted. Every single day we get up and we, we kind of have our routines. We kind of do different things. And, and, and the thing that Jay Billis was talking about, he was talking about his university. And I felt it because, you know, I, I took a moment in time and I just went back and I just thought about my life. Here it is that I come from um, um, a family of, of uh, abandonment. My mom was not there. My father was not there. I was raised by my grandmother who made less than $30,000 a year. And she raised me and my two brothers. Uh, statistics said that I was supposed to be dead or in jail. A kid who lives in that environment with that type of surroundings, no mother, no father, he's supposed to be lost to the environment, lost to the streets. He's supposed to become a statistic. Well, not only did I not become a statistic, uh, I, I went on and had a pretty good high school career, became one of the best players in the state of New Jersey in two sports, an All-American in two sports, had to pick up the litter to where I wanted to go and spend my college years at. I decided on the University of North Carolina where I spent four years playing basketball, excuse me, four years playing football, two years playing basketball. I won a national championship. Then I went on the National Football League, was there, was out, was poor, was gone, came back off a reality TV show to spend four more years in the league. Now I'm covering it in the media, and I have my own show. And there's, I can go on for, for hours and hours and hours. And sometimes you look at that and you just go, you know, when I get up some days and I'm just like, you know, oh, I get to do um, Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Like, I, I don't take that as routine. I don't take that as just an everyday thing. That's special. The fact of the matter that someone, you, all of you, sit and give me 45 minutes, an hour, an hour, 10 minutes of your time, multiple times a week to hear me speak, that's not ordinary. That's not routine. That's special. That's why when I come in here, I have so much energy. I'm so excited about what I'm able to do because I have a platform that people actually listen. 
And I know this is the portion of, 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 of my show that people love. I hear all the time in person, on social media, you know, man, come for the encouragement, stay for the sports. That's what I want to do. So I, I never want you to think in your life that it's not special. Don't you ever think what you're doing in your life is not special. Don't let anyone ever diminish you to just being routine. Don't, don't you do it to yourself to think just what you're doing is routine. Don't miss the special in who you are. Don't miss the special in what you do. And again, it may not be sitting in front of you and, and being able to have your voices heard by the hundreds of thousands. It may be something as small as you being an impact in the classroom. It may be you having to, 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 to counsel um, a group. It may be you mentoring a young girl or a young boy. It may be you coaching. It may be you, whatever it is, that's special. Don't ever miss that. Don't allow the everyday, uh, the mundaneness of certain things to, 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 to just come along and make you think this is regular. I've told you guys this time and time again before. I'm not regular. You're not regular. What you do is special. You got to be able to find an arena where that continues to be uh, to be put on its proper pedestal. So every single day you get up, understand that this isn't routine. This isn't the okay, let's go again. Okay, let's go again. No, every day you get up, it's special, and don't miss an opportunity to to feel that special. Because again, we don't know the day or time where our our time is up here on this earth. And I don't want you to miss the opportunity to know that you're special and what you do is special. So like Jay Billis said, if you're not careful, you can start to think it's routine. Don't take special for granted. There are people across the world that would give their right arm to do what I do. There's people across the world who would give a, a, a right arm or a leg to do what you do. A lot of them can't do it. They can't. That's why it's special. That's why it's special because everyone cannot do it. They just can't. So uh, uh, live in that, be cool with that, but never, ever, ever take it as just routine. It's special. All right, man, let's get into this, this breakdown. The Cowboys route the Washington Commanders. What was that score? 45, 44 to 10, 45 to 10. I have it written down, but I can't even read 45-10. 45-10 on Thanksgiving Day. Dolly Parton was the halftime show. I know Dolly Parton is a living legend, but boy, what a horrible halftime show. Great game. Horrible, horrible halftime show. Dolly Parton, 77 years old, could barely stand uh, up there. She was holding on to the star. I don't know who gave her that cheerleading outfit, but, you know, you know I ain't going to lie. You know, and my boy Will, Dolly snatched. Dolly got the best money, the best body money can buy. She snatched up all across the board, man. That skin tight. She don't got 77-year-old skin. Uh, she got that good, 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 uh, healthy, surgical tight skin. But that halftime show, halftime shows in general, the, the, the NFL and these teams, 0 for 3. That's a whole other conversation, 0 for 3, okay? The Lions and uh, who was the Lions playing? The Packers? I don't know what the hell that was with Jack Harlow. That set was a blue tint on a slip and slide. It looked terrible. Cowboys, Dolly Parton, I know she's a living legend. Horrible. Lip singing and couldn't stand up. And then the Seahawks just said, we ain't even going to have a performer. We're going to have Steven Ioke just play music. You, don't, you didn't have to pay Ioke all that money to come and play. You could have just put that ox in. You could have got one of his playlists. Put it in the overspeaker loudspeaker, the ox in there, and hit play and let the people do what they do. But whatever, hey, to each his own. To each his own. But let's get into this game, man. The Cowboys, uh, they, they, they beat another bad team. And I know a lot of people are coming out and they're saying, oh, here we go again. The Cowboys dominate a bad team. I'm going to tell you, what do you want them to do? <laughs> I, know, I, know what the, I know what the narrative is, all right? They, they, they lose against team above 500, and their record, uh, a, winning, a winning record this season against team who have a combined 11 wins on the season. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't have some magical script or some soliloquy to give you about this. This is their schedule, ladies and gentlemen. They didn't ask for it. It's not like the Cowboys are saying, well, no, we don't want to play Washington this week. Give us this team. No. 
This is who this is was this is who the NFL schedule makers gave them. I, I, so you play the people on your schedule. And they're doing to these teams what you would think a team that's far superior than the other team would do. They would go out there and dominate these wins. And they've done that. Right now they have a 12-game home win streak uh, where, where, where they're averaging just about 40 points a game and they're beating opponents at home by a margin of 20-plus points per game. I mean, they're just doing what, they're doing what they're supposed to do to inferior talent. Now they have a nice little run coming up where they get a chance to play some teams with winning records. And we'll see how that falls out when we get there. But up to this point, they didn't, they didn't know what, what, what the Panthers were going to be this year. You didn't know what the Giants were going to be this year. You didn't know what Washington was going to be this year. They made the schedule. They're playing the schedule that was presented to them, period. That's all they can do. And it's no different from any other team. You just play who the guys have in front of you and hope that you can win as many games as possible. And right now, the Cowboys are 8-3. Uh, you know, heading into this game, you looked at this offense, and it's been on a heater since the Cowboys have gone into, uh, come out of the bye. And I remember telling you guys that. I said, it was time for them to get going. I said, that was a portion of the year where you're saying, no more playing around. No more trying to figure this thing out. You got you to gotta make a decision. Which way are we going to go? How is this thing going to work for us? And Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott have been absolutely red hot. In this game, Dak Prescott, 330 yards, four touchdowns, 10 different receivers caught a, excuse me, caught a pass in this game. The distribution of this offense is beginning to truly pick up. You saw Brandon Cooks. He's getting going now, and that's going to be a good thing because you know what you have with C.D. Lamb, but getting Brandon Cooks going, getting Jake Ferguson going, getting other guys in this offense going is definitely going to help this football team heading down, uh, heading down the stretch and getting ready for the playoffs. The Cowboys are going to the playoffs. Now, unless they have an epic collapse or – and I'm not, I don't even want to say this out loud, but unless they have an epic collapse or their starting quarterback goes down, they're going to the playoffs. Now, where they end up in the playoff seating, that's on them. I, they, they have forfeited the right to pick and choose where they go. When you lose um, one game already to the Philadelphia Eagles, but the most importantly, when you lost to Arizona, you put yourself behind the eight ball, and now you have to just you have to play the games in front of you and really just basically wait it out and, and figure out where you're going to fit. You, 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 you forfeited the ability to choose your own destiny. You did. When you lost to Arizona, you forfeited your ability to, to choose your own destiny. Now what, you, now, what you can pray for and hope for is that Philly falls off. Well, if you're watching football – you thought the first leg of Philly falling off was going to be when they played the Chiefs. They won that game. So you're still behind the eight ball with that. You have another opportunity to play them again, but still, and you have to take care of business and hope that others fall off. The opportunity for you to, um, to do that is uh, um, you forfeited that. But nonetheless, there were some things that I saw in this game. You know, Dak Prescott, he had probably – three of the most beautiful throws I've seen him throw in a very long time. He had the one seam route to Jake Ferguson, and it was a beauty. I mean, an absolute dime. The offensive line uh, was giving Dak all types of time. And that goes for any quarterback in this league. If you give your quarterback the type of time that Dak Prescott had in this game, boy, he can carve people up. And he had a dime down the seam to Jake Ferguson. Then he came back later on in the game. He threw another one that was a dime that Jake didn't bring down because of the hit. And I thought to myself, "Ooh, that was an arrogant though. That was a heat check. I wouldn't go to that one again, but the pass was just, you couldn't have thrown a better pass. I mean, the, the, the hit separated it from Jake, but it was, it was threaded between three people. I mean, absolute dime. And then he had the one in the back of the end zone, uh, to CeeDee Lamb, which, by the way, CeeDee Lamb got an octopus. I learned what this was today. An octopus. Tell you, you know what an octopus is? In, in, in the NFL? Not a, not a real octopus. In the NFL, an octopus? Nah, I, I didn't either until this morning. A real octopus, how many legs does the octopus have? Eight, eight, oh, don't say nine. Eight. The octopus has eight legs. Well, CeeDee Lamb goes and gets the touchdown. How many points is that? Six. 
boy, we're going to work with your math, Tay. Six points for CeeDee Lamb with a touchdown. Then he followed up with the two-point conversion. So he got an octopus on that play. All eight points, not sharing, not sharing the spread with anyone else. He went and did that. Speaking of sharing the spread, the Cowboys, I, I don't know why. I, this is a pretty cool celebration. All week long leading up to it, everybody was talking about what are the Cowboys going to do. You saw the you saw the the, the, the whack-a-mold or, or whatever it's called uh, last year with the tight ends. And you remember Zeke, his infamous jumping into the kettlebell, and he put Dak in there one time. And, it, and this, has become a, this has become a thing Um where the Cowboys now are looking to do different types of celebrations with the Red Kettle, Salvation Army Kettle, inside the end zones. So what did they do this week? There's four in the end zones, two on each side. Well, they decided because Dak has always wanted to have one of those traducking turkey legs. The winner of the game, the, the players of the game, goes out there and they get the traducking, right? The John Madden special goes all the way back when John Madden first started doing uh, Thanksgiving game they would have the the Dirtra Duckins, the 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 six six turkey legs. So Dak has never had one. So they decided, well, we're gonna put turkey legs in all of the Salvation Army um, canisters. And if we score a touchdown, it had to be a certain you, know, you couldn't do it in the close game because it might be a flag. You went with the penalty. But when they got further enough, uh, they went out there. Cavante Turpin he threw a beautiful pass to Cavante Turpin down the seam for a touchdown, and they decided. This is time. Kavadi Turpin jumps into the uh, the kettle and pulls out turkey legs for all. And uh, and we saw Dak eat meat on national TV. Pause. That's a major pause moment right there. There's a bunch of dudes eating meat on national TV. <laughs> pause. But that was a pretty cool... That was a pretty cool celebration that we got a chance to see on TV. They're going to get fined for that. One hundred percent, they're getting fined for that. Everybody that was involved, Kamate Turpin, whoever, whoever grabbed the turkey leg, whoever had a piece of meat in their mouth on the field, are getting fined. Pause. They're getting fined. Now, that I think last year Dak picked up the fine, and I'm sure because Dak even said he said I talked to Mike McCarthy before the game while he was talking to Jerry Jones. They both approved it. So, so maybe Jerry picks up the fine. Nonetheless, the fine is coming. That part is for sure. The FedEx is on the way. I know it's the holiday season, but the FedEx will be in the mailbox on Monday for sure. And I don't know if they're going to call those guys for repeat offenders, but it's the, the fine is coming. Maybe Jerry picks it up. Maybe Mike McCarthy picks it up. Maybe even Dak picks it up. Dak got more than enough money to pick up, you know, maybe a $10,000 fine apiece for those guys. You know, $30,000, that's, that's a that's a drop in the Salvation Army bucket. The one thing I wish the NFL would do, because it's kind of, you know, the, 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 the Cowboys, Thanksgiving Day, Salvation Army, if you're going to find these guys, let the fine money that you take from these guys donate it to the Salvation Army. I mean, that's that's... That's that's fair. That's fair, right? Because even as players, we can write off on our taxes, we write off fines as charitable donations. That's what it actually goes to. It actually goes to the NFL charitable play 60 and all that kind of stuff. You know, cleats for calls, calls for with all that. That money, the fine money, which by the way, Kareem Jackson, you've given almost a million dollars a year. Uh, a million dollars away this year with your illegal hits. So it's a, the, 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 the donation bucket is pretty pretty heavy in the NFL office right now. But, yeah, I would love for that money to go to um, – that would go to the Salvation Army. But speaking of Dak, I mean, he's just been on this absolute heater and, and say what you wish about putting him in the MVP conversation or not. But I'll tell you this. According to PPF, Dak has the highest single-game grade by a quarterback, 97. 97 since 2007, and he has the highest grade by any player on any position this year. He graded out 97 in this game. I mean, he was absolutely on fire, but I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm not going to bury the lead in this game. Dak was great. Offense was great. Micah and the defense got things rocking and rolling. Dolly Parton, whatever. But the flowers must go to Deron Bland. Please excuse me as I stretch out to pack myself on the back. I told y'all. 
Y'all know that, uh, y'all know when Boosie's daughter, when, when he was locked up, remember Lil Boosie, he was locked up, and the daughter was like, I told y'all, I told y'all. I can't say what she said, because, you know, whatever, but she was like, I told y'all, I told y'all, he coming, he coming home. That was me. Every time Deron Bland do something, I'm like, I told y'all, I told y'all. Deron Bland, with his NFL record-breaking fifth Pick six of the year. No one in NFL history, and that's 75 plus years, 100 years of NFL football. Gold jacket DB after gold jacket DB, nobody has done what Deron Bland has done ever. Five pick sixes on the season. Five. Touchdowns. There are currently only 13 wide receivers in the entire National Football League that have more touchdowns than Deron Bland. Five, 13. There are only 13 NFL wide receivers that have more touchdowns than Deron Bland. Uh, let, let me just put into perspective because I, I just feel like there is not there's not enough flowers and shine not enough people outside of the Dallas media that are screaming at the top of their lungs just how special this moment is for Deron Bland let me just give you a little bit of perspective of what he is doing now Deron Bland this is the guy who's not a seven-year vet this is the guy who's not a five-year vet this is a guy who is actually in his second year He's played a year and a half, a little bit more than a year and a half. And I thought to myself, boy, five touchdowns, five pick sixes, five interceptions for touchdowns, and no one in the NFL has done that. And I got to think, man, who are some people that you may think about? Of course, who's the first one you think about? Prime time. Prime time, Deion Sanders, probably the GOAT. I agree with Deion Sanders. There should be different levels of Hall of Fame. He's on that top level of the game-changing type player that in the Hall of Fame. In a 14-year career, in a 14-year career, Deion Sanders, nine, pick sixes. Nine. Now, he has, he has some punts and some other receiver touchdowns, but nine defensive pick sixes in a 14-year career. Darrell Revis, Revis Island, he was the, you know, you had Prime would say 75% of the world is covered by water, the other 25 is covered by me. Then DB said, Revis said, I put D, I put D, uh, receivers on an island. Revis Island, in his illustrious gold jacket 11-year career, three pick sixes. Charles Woodson, in an eight, 18-year career where he played cornerback and then moved to safety. In 18 years, Charles Woodson, 11 pick sixes. Ed Reed, in a 12-year career, seven pick sixes. If you want to go recently, Marcus Peters is another guy you think about. Marcus Peters, in his career, has only seven return pick sixes for touchdowns. Now, I just gave you guys who played 10-plus years in the league. And they were considered in their time the best of the best. Now, please don't, don't confuse this. I'm giving perspective. I'm not saying by any means is Deron Bland anywhere near the level of Darrell Revis or Prime or Charles or, or, or Ed Reed. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't miss what I'm saying because your hearing is bad. Get the Tootsie Rolls out your ear and listen to what I'm trying to say. I'm giving you perspective on the time frame. All of these guys have played 10 plus years in the league. Deron Bland has played a year and a half, and he has five. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do this every single year, but if he gets, if he plays the next five years and he gets one each year, that's ten. That puts him in the category with these guys. Let me give you a little bit more perspective. Opposite of Deron Bland, you have the grizzled vet Stephon Gilmore, who in 2019, Stephon Gilmore won what? the Defensive Player of the Year award when he was with the New England Patriots. Let me give you the numbers of what Stephon Gilmore did that season. In that season, Stephon Gilmore had 53 total tackles. He had 20 pass breakups. He had six interceptions, 
two of them returned for touchdowns. That's in the season. Let me tell you what Deron Bland has done in 11 games. Mind you, Deron Bland wasn't even the starter to start the season. He didn't become a starter full-time. He was playing a reserve role. He didn't become a starter full-time. Even last year, he was the nickel guy. He was the slot guy. Fast forward to this year, Trayvon Diggs started the year at corner. Gilmore on the other side. Bland was in the slot. Trayvon gets hurt. Insert Deron Bland. So he didn't even have the full season. But 11 games so far for Trayvon, excuse me, for Deron Bland. In 11 games, he has 48 total tackles, 36 of them solo. He has 13 pass breakups. He has seven interceptions. Five of them returned for touchdowns. He's already, again, Gilmore, 53 total tackles. Deron Bland, 48. 20 pass breakups. 13 pass breakups, six interceptions, seven interceptions, five of them return for touchdowns in 11 games. I'm, uh, listen, what he's doing is happening at a historic rate. If you're, if you're telling me that what Stephon Gilmore did in his role in 2019 to win him the Defensive Player of the Year award was worthy by the numbers, the Ron Bland numbers are going to absolutely smoke what he did. He's going to have more than 50 tackles, 53 tackles. He's going to have more than 20 pass breakups. He already has more interceptions and he already has more touchdown returns. Interception to return for touchdowns. He broke a record. And he still has six games to go against quarterbacks that can give the football up. I don't know if Geno Smith's going to play or not. He'll throw you one. He ain't the most... He ain't the most lethal quarterback in the world. Josh Allen has led the league in interceptions the last five years. He'll for sure give you one. Tua Tungafaloa, he'll give you one. Jared Goff will give you one. And if you play your cards right, so will Jalen Hurts. I mean, there are, there are a countless number of opportunities. I'm not saying they're all going to go for interceptions, I mean, for, for touchdowns. But I'm saying that he can add on two or three more so he can have a 10-interception season with five of them return for a touchdown, maybe even six. That, to me, screams far much more, far more than what Micah Parsons is doing as a sack master, as a rush guy. That What Deron Bland is doing, and maybe because of where he was drafted, he doesn't get their love and respect because um, he wasn't a first-round pick. And he came from a small school. And he's not a very boisterous guy. Not a very bolsterous guy. Man of few words. He picked up 24,000 uh, Instagram followers over that, the, uh, the, the holiday, the Thanksgiving game. By the way, 41.4 million people viewed the Thanksgiving game. All eyes saw what we saw with Deron Bland. That was the third most viewed uh, uh, regular season game in NFL history. It was the most watched game ever on any program this year. <laughs> Nothing was watched more on any program. So 41 million people, it peaked at 44 million. Y- y'all wonder why Jerry not really worried about winning that. I'm just saying, Jerry said, as long as I get 44 million people to watch me on Thanksgiving, I mean, the money's coming. Hand over fist. But 44 million people at its peak watched Deron Bland and the Cowboys do what they did. I, I'm just saying that there are not enough flowers. There, people are not talking at, at, at the mountaintops about Deron Bland and his opportunity to be the defensive player of the year. What he's doing right now, to me, is far more impressive than anything that, 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 that Micah Parson has done. And even in this time here. Not saying he's a better player, not saying that overall he'll be a better player or whatever or impact. Right now, what he's doing is far greater than what anyone else is doing on the football field on the defensive side. Just my personal opinion. And I think, I think it was like plus 8,000, I think I saw on the betting odds on what Deron Bland um, was for defensive player of the year coming into the Thanksgiving Day game. If you got a couple coins, now might be a good time to just throw a couple dollars on Deron Bland. Should have did it earlier in the year. Well, I told y'all that he was going to be just fine, that he had the natural ball hawking ability. 
In a di- what is it? You got? Did you got it? Did you look it up? No? Okay, you don't have to. Um, but, yeah, man, we got to give more praise and, and more flowers to Deron Bland because what he's doing is not I, – I, I, I love how things come together. Don't take special for granted. What Deron Bland is doing is special. Should not be taken as routine because clearly – in 100 years of NFL football, no one has had the ball taken to the end zone or pick sixes more than De'Ron Bland has. Don't take special. This is special. This is special. It should, be, it should be treated as such. It should be spoken about as such. And for the Cowboys to be as big as they are, this needs to be talked about more. Jerry Jones, I'm talking to you. You need to pump De'Ron Bland a little bit more. He needs to be the face of some things a little bit more. What you have on your hands right now is special. And I'm about to get a little bit messy. I'm about to get a little bit messy. Even when, Durant, even when Trayvon Diggs come back, Deron Bland might be your best DB on this team. Even when Trayvon Diggs comes back, and even if he gets back to form, Deron Bland might be your best BDB on this team. I'll say it again. Even when Trayvon Diggs comes back and he gets back to full strength, Deron Bland might be your best DB on this team. Don't take special for granted. If you're not careful, you'll start thinking it's routine. You'll start thinking what you're seeing is routine. This ain't routine. The Cowboys win this football game by a mile. Uh, They get ready for the Seattle Seahawks next Thursday. This will be the third installation of those three games in 12 days. They have a little bit of chance to kind of get some rest throughout this weekend and, you know, get back on the routine a little bit. Then they'll have uh, a mini bye next week. Well, they'll really have a chance. They'll get back on a regular schedule. They'll play Thursday, then they'll play Sunday. They'll play the Eagles on Sunday. So they'll have those three days to kind of rest up a little bit, get some of their, uh, 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 some of their guys healed up. Great thing was they got out of that game relatively cool. No one was hurt in that game. Of course, the wear and tear is still there. But overall, Cowboys are rolling uh, man, in a big opportunity for them to keep the winning ways going next week versus the Seattle Seahawks, man. But but Aron Bland, you my, you my guy. You, you are doing something that's extremely, extremely special, man, and we should not take that for granted. All right, man. Uh, go around the league, give my NFL picks for this upcoming weekend. I love the fact that, you know, this is a good time. Got three games on Thanksgiving. Had your first ever Black Friday game. And then now you get your regular state of football on Sunday. Right, that's, listen, talking about full. If you ain't full from leftovers, you're definitely full from football. And I appreciate uh, and college football. You got college football. This is kind of the rivalry week. Kind of a lot of their teams played like the end of the year. They play some big games. Of course, Michigan, Ohio State. We'll talk a little bit about that later on in the show. But let me go ahead and give you my picks of the week. Um, we'll start uh, with the Thursday games that have already passed. Of course, Cowboys dominate the Commanders. Uh, Niners whoop up on the Seahawks. They're getting scary again. The Niners are getting scary again. They, they really are getting scary again. Uh, come on, MCDCs, the Motor City, the, the Motor City fighting Dan Campbell's. You let me down. You let me down. You had the the eyes were on you. You had the noon game on Thursday against a lowly Packers team that was ripe for just knocked them off and continue on your ways would have put you at nine and two. You had everybody watching you. Let us down. You let us down. That that was a moment for you to show the world that we are real, that we are for real, for real. I still think you're a good football team. I love what Dan Campbell is doing, but I, you had us. You lose to the Packers 29-22. The Dolphins dog walk the Jets. Boy, uh, Hail Mary pick six. Well, it was a weird exchange. They had uh, 14 defensive points scored. The, the Dolphins throw a pick six. To the Jets, and then they turn right around and throw one back. Um, Holland 
They do a Hail Mary. He picks it off, returns it 99 yards for a touchdown. There's no more. Like, that is the most jet of jetting things you can ever have. A hundred, basically a hundred yard pick six on a Hail Mary. That is, that's, that's, you know, you got butt fumble. You got a Hail Mary pick six. Like, those things for the Jets, they just keep jetting. Like, that's a jet situation. I, I don't, I don't know how. You handled this as a front office. This season has been an absolute disaster. I don't know who you put it on. I don't know who you blame it on. Um, this this year, this team was set with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Do you go and you fire Robin Sala and everybody and you start fresh? Or do you say, sit tight, hold on. We have some good things happening here defensively. We got some good pieces. And you, you hope and you pray that Aaron Rodgers can come back for another season. I, I think what you cannot do is, going forward, your backup can't be Zach Wilson. I think this is a situation where you try and go in this offseason and snatch a guy like, Josh, like, like Dobbs, Jacoby Brissett, Jameis Winston, um, guys like that who can, who can play backup quarterback for you in the event that uh, Aaron Rodgers, I, I'm, I'm the, it's a weird situation. It's a weird situation there because a part of me go fire everyone, clean house. And another part of me goes, the season kind of went down. Like no one is like, I forgot what coach said this, that uh, he said, what happens? It was, it was, it was a coach coach. I forgot which one it was. that said, what happens if Peyton Manning goes down? He said, we're effed. He said, no one, no one prepares to, for the backup quarterback to play. You just don't. It's good to have them, but no one prepares for that. You lose a guy like Peyton Manning, you lose a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you're screwed because they mean that much to your football team. So we'll see. We'll see what happens when Aaron Rodgers get back. Um, he talked about maybe making a return in December. I don't know how real that is, but listen, I don't have, the, I don't have access to the, to the medical stuff that he has access to and the Asawasa and the dark room that he goes to. Never put nothing past Aaron Rodgers. Um, the Cowboys, in their defeat over the Commanders, some heads rolled. Uh, Black Friday was also black for some of the coaches. Jack Del Rio was relieved of his duties as defensive coordinator. Um, in a statement, it was almost like they said in the statement, uh, the, 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 the owner of the new owner of the, the Washington Commanders said that Jack Del Rio actually came to him. And said, you know what? I think we need to make some changes. I think I need to go. I think me and the DB coach needs to go. And Ron Rivera and company agreed. Jack Del Rio is out at defensive coordinator as well as the defensive back coach. Now, part of me thinks this was a little kind of, you know, no one ever wants to get fired. But I think Jack Del Rio kind of saw the writing on the wall. And they kind of were like, you know what, Jack? We're going to fire you now to kind of give you a head start on finding a new job. You know, because teams are now starting to look. Team, ownership knows what coaches they're trying to fire in the next couple of weeks. So I think Jack Derrill now has the opportunity to kind of make some phone calls and go, hey, I'm out there, maybe even for some head coaching job. Jack Derrill was a head coach at one point in time. Maybe he looks at that. Maybe he looks at some more defensive coordinator jobs somewhere else in the league. But so I think it was a kind of a mutual thing between the two sides. We need to fire somebody. We're going to give you a chance to go and get, you know, look for a job as fast as you possibly can and get into that pool of defensive coordinators that may be available during the, the offseason. But the game that will be played this Sunday, Saints, Falcons, they put Michael Thomas on IR. This this dude once had a, such a promising career, and the injuries have definitely taken him out. Um, there's no team in the league that I think has as much skill or skilled players as the Falcons that 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 lowly just just haven't done it. And the NFC South. Talk about when I talk about Cowboys. If I'm the Cowboys. I'm trying my best to set up a way. This is why you can't lose any more games, Cowboys. I'm trying to set up the best way I possibly can that if I'm going to be a wild card, if I'm going to be a wild card, I want to go and play the NFC South. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I'm, I don't care what y'all say. Y'all going to say, oh, Jesse, you want the path of least resistance. Yep. If my first round can be me playing someone from the NFC South, 
New Orleans, Atlanta, whoever wins that division. Sign me up. Sign me up. Saints-Falcons this weekend in Atlanta. Give me the Saints over the Falcons. Steelers, Bengals, T. Higgins will be out with the, the back injury. The Steelers fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. If an NFL organization or head coach or owner or GM, when they begin that overly uh, uh, um, um, caping for a guy, you're going to fire them. Anytime you start saying, he's our guy, he's good, he's not going anywhere, he's not this, he's not that, the for sale sign, put it on your front lawn. And for the last couple of weeks, Mike Tomlin has come out, ownership has come out, and the Steelers and they goes back, Canada's our guy. Canada's our guy, he's good. He's not going anywhere. And then he's gone. Maybe what's needed, I don't know, maybe that was what's needed. But now it's on you, Kenny Pickett. Matt Canada's out of there. Kenny Pickett, you better show up. They take on the Bengals. And in, uh, in, the, in the AFC, uh, they're, divisional, they're divisional opponents. In the AFC divisional uh, game, Steelers-Bengals uh, in Ohio. Give me the Bengals, the Bengals winning that game. The Panthers take on the Titans. What a, what a terrible game. Um, Bryce Young won. Well, this, this is uh, – Bryce – Maybe. I don't know. Price, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Give me the Titans in this game. This is a bad game. Uh, Buccaneers, Colts, and Indianapolis. Give me – oh, speaking of, I'll, I'll get to that. The Colts released Shaq Leonard, their all-pro linebacker, who was kind of riddled with some back injuries and kind of got – this is why I tell people all the time. When, when, when a new coaching regime comes – to your team. They have no ownership or relationship or um, uh, they're not tied to you. They're not tied to you. When the coach added a new defensive coordinator and Shaq Leonard was out, a new guy came in that was playing well, that D.C. said, I didn't draft Shaq Leonard. He, he, he wasn't my guy. That, that, this other guy's my guy. I, he's, he, I brought him in. So you start trying to find ways to get your guys in there, and the coach, surprisingly, even the Shaq Leonard, released him, and now he has the opportunity to kind of pass through waivers, partly because of what his contract was and some concerns maybe with the surgeries on his back. He's now being talked about between Philadelphia, and we've seen what Dal Moore has been able to do. I'm sorry, how, how, was it Howard? Howard, not Dal Moore. Dal Moore is Philadelphia. Howie Roseman, excuse me. The 76ers. Um, they're all Philadelphia. They got, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, Howie's has done this year in signing guys. Look out for that. Shaq is being talked about. The Cowboys are doing their due diligence for him. The Eagles is doing their due diligence for him and probably some other teams. Uh, Colts, Buccaneers. I got the uh, – give me the Bucks. Give me the Bucks beating the Colts in Indianapolis. Patriots, Giants. What a terrible football game. It's a bad football game for Sunday. I'm glad they got these other ones out the way. Uh, Patriots, Giants, Tommy DeVito got a win last week. I'm going to say he's going to keep going again. Danny DeVito's nephew, not really. Shout out to the Chicken Cutlet crew. Uh, Tommy DeVito beats the Patriots and puts, uh, really puts, I, I hope this really puts Bill Belichick out of his injury. And I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I have zero concern about Bill Belichick going to any other team and becoming successful. I just don't. I think his time has come. He's, he's run his course. Bill Belichick needs to go to his offseason home and fish. I think he is the, one of the greatest coaches in coaching history, but I think his time is done. And I think people need to realize that and go ahead and let Bill go do something else with life. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Houston Texans and NRG. Let's go, CJ Stroud, baby. Let's go. I'm, 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 a, I'm a lightweight. I'm rooting for CJ Stroud and the Texans. Give me the Texans. Oh, I didn't give you a game for the – oh, I said Tommy DeVito beats the, the Giants beat the Patriots. Give me the Texans over the Jaguars. I want the Texans to go to the playoffs. I do. Uh, so I want D'Amico Ryans to win. I want T.J. Stroud to win. I, I like that young nucleus that they have down there in Houston. This game will be in Houston. Give me the Texans over the Jaguars. Browns, Broncos. Boy, some bad football games this weekend, man. Let's look at this. Golly. Uh, Russ has gotten it. Russ is kind of – Mr. Unlimited is kind of back. He's on a little heater. I think they're four games in a row that they've won. 
I think it continues. Browns lose to the Broncos in my yeah in mile high. Uh, Rams, Cardinals. Boy, there's some bad football happening. The next one's yeah, the next ones are pretty good. Uh, give me the Rams over the Cardinals in Arizona. Chiefs, Raiders. Sorry, Chiefs. I mean, sorry, Raiders. Um, sorry, Antonio Pierce. I think the Chiefs work y'all out a little bit in Vegas. Bills, Eagles. I know I've already. I packed y'all up, Bills. I think the packing continues. The Eagles move to 10 and 1. You guys come on to Philadelphia. You leave uh, out of there 6 and 6. I can see the Bills getting You can see the Bills getting into the playoffs? Winning that game. Winning that game. Nah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I think Josh Allen is, is cooked. 22 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He cannot stop turning the ball over. Eagles win that game. They find a way to edge it out in the end. Ravens, Chargers, the action, fighting action Jacksons. Give me the Ravens over the Chargers. This might be it for, for, uh, for Brandon Staley. I, I really believe it has to be it. This has to be it for Brandon Staley. You're going to have another losing season. You're probably not going to make the playoffs. You have a kid in and Dustin Herbert who's not having a bad year. Almost 2,600 yards, over 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions. But y'all just can't figure out a way to get this kid where he needs to be. Now, some of it's the drops that he has on that team. But come on. This kid has talent. He has, he, he has all the talent you want. The coaching has been bad for him the whole time he was there. The Chargers lose to the Ravens. And then Monday Night Football Bears, I've already packed you up. I've already packed the Bears and, and, and Justin Fields up. Give me the Vikings winning that game uh, in Minneapolis. The fighting Josh Dobbs continue on uh, as, they, as they make their wave. Speaking of Josh Dobbs, if I'm a team like the New York Jets, this offseason, again, I don't know what happens to Aaron Rodgers and how he's going to come back, whatever. But Aaron Rodgers, older quarterback, the risk of injury is there. I go and sign a guy like Josh Dobbs. You're done with you're done with Zach Wilson. You're done. He's finished. If I'm the Vikings, I try to get Josh Dobbs to stay. Maybe sign him to a deal. But if I'm the Jets, if I'm other teams like that who have an aging quarterback or a quarterback that's susceptible to injury, I'm getting Josh Dobbs in the building as soon as he's available. I'm giving a little bit of cheddar. I'm giving him a kind of a two-year deal. And I'm holding on to a guy like that. Because you saw this season with the Jets, what a you wasted a year of that pretty good defense because you are in, you have incompetence at the quarterback position in Zach Wilson. The front office, you cannot go out there again and saying what we have behind our starter is Zach Wilson. You lose the locker room, you lose your fan base, you become unwatchable. Today that was on display again with your backup quarterback that you went to the third-string guy, second-string guy, whatever his name was, Boyle. I signed Josh Dobbs as soon as I possibly can. Give me the Vikings over the Bears. Those are my picks uh, for the week. All right, man, to, uh, to move around with other sports uh, news, it's a PSA. To all you young hoopers out there, Y'all better be careful, man. Y'all better be careful. The NBA has opened up an investigation on, uh, on Oklahoma City's Josh Giddy, who allegedly, let me say that, allegedly has found himself in a situation messing with them young girls. I... I You, there is no excuse. There is never any, and I'm not saying that this girl is telling the truth. There's, it's under investigation. Do not put yourself in a situation where anybody can ever say that to you. There's, there's pictures, there's video. I don't know how all this is working out at the timelines, match of age group, but you should never put yourself in a situation where you can even have these allegations put against you. Because what ends up happening is, and, 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 and this is probably some fault to the media, 
and I and I and, and I don't want it to I don't want to make this sound like I am not believing what this young lady is saying. I don't know. It's under investigation. And if it's true, I hope Josh Giddy is is prosecuted to the furthest extent. But what ends up happening is when you put yourself in this position and your name gets put in this type of situation, we saw this thing happen in baseball this year. The bold print is big. And if you're guilty, it's going to be big. But if you're innocent, it's going to be small. The rebuttal about it is going to be small. So the thing that you can do is to always make sure that you're putting yourself in the best position. If it looks sketchy, leave. Leave. You should not put yourself in, and I get it, Giddy's 21 years old, but you got, you got to be careful, man. And if you did this, shame on you. You should be prosecuted to the furthest extent. If you messing around with these young girls, you should be prosecuted to the further extent. They should snatch whatever opportunity that you have to play in the NBA if you're messing around with young girls. There was zero room for that. In any league, in any world, if you're messing around with underage girls, you should be prosecuted to the furthest extent, and, and I, I, have, I have no sympathy for you. None. But stop putting yourself in these situations where you... And some of y'all probably don't, and not, I'm not saying, I mean, we live the NBA with Carl Malone. We, well, the NBA let him get away with that. Shame on you, NBA, for that situation with Carl Malone and his nasty self. Should have thrown, he should have been, he should have been packed up for the crap that he did. Whew. But Giddy's found himself in this situation, and I don't know what the outcome will be, but we'll monitor it and give you back uh, more information about that. But boy, man, you guys got to be careful out there on both sides. Ladies, you got to be careful. Men, you got to be careful. But especially if you're an older man, it shouldn't even be any, it shouldn't be any consideration of you hanging around younger girls. Filthy, nasty. Uh, Pop. The legendary head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. I got a little beef with you, Pop, and I like you. I like you, Pop. You you stand for good. You are you are you you on, on social topics, on 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 global topics. You stand for what's right in this world, and I'm always for that. You got this one wrong. In the game this past week against the San Antonio Spurs versus the Los Angeles Clippers, former Spur Kawhi Leonard is taking some free throws, and every time Kawhi Leonard touched the ball, the fans and the San Antonio Spurs boo. He's shooting free throws, and they're booing. And George, and, and yeah, well, and, and Coach Pop took it upon himself to get on the microphone. And get on the microphone and yell at the fans in the arena to stop booing. He said, this is not of us. We are, this, we are, we are too classy for this. You should not do this. Pop, I think you're wrong. Not that your fans are not classy. But if I spend my hard-earned money to pay for a ticket to come support you and this team and this organization... You can't tell me not to boo. I think that's a part of sports. I understand the, the, the disdain that the, the team has for Kawhi Leonard. If they're not shouting disrespectful or hurtful things, stay off the mic, Pop. Stay off the mic. Let the crowd boo. That's a part of sports. You can't tell me not to boo. We don't like Kawhi. We're going to boo and boo loud. And I get what Papa say, hey, I've learned long enough in this league, don't poke the bear. And for what it's worth, you know, Kawhi Leonard, after that situation, went on to score 18 of his game-high 26 points, and they lose 109-102 to the Clippers. But, Pop, you wrong on this one, my boy. I can boo. Now, if they're shouting out, you know, slurs and, and, and you know, and, and they're doing stuff like that, then I'm with you. Come on. That, that, now, we're not going to do that. But booing? Now that's a, that that booing that's a part of the game, that's a part of the game. If I'm if all they're doing is booing, pop you wrong. 
You're wrong on this one, my boy. Let the crowd boo. This is not a place for you to get on your moral high ground and tell the folks to stop booing that Kawhi Leonard. Nope. You boo him. You boo him every time he touches the ball. You boo him when he enters the game. You boo him when he exits the game. You boo him when he's warming up. You boo him when he shoots the ball from anywhere on the floor. You boo him at the free throw line. You are allowed to boo at games. Football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, I don't care. If it's a live professional sport, high school sport, college sport, you're allowed to boo. And don't tell me not to boo. Ever. If things, like I said, if things get a little bit disrespectful, there's some slurs happening, some racial things being said, some uh, and that type of stuff, cool. Get on the PA system. And if people are throwing things on the floor and injuring or, or potentially can injure players, cool. Get on the headphones. Get on the microphone. Say your piece. I'm with it. But booing? Sit down, Pop. Pop, Pop, sit down. Sit down and let the fans do what they want to do in terms of booing. I pay for this ticket. If I want to sing opera at the top of my lungs, can't tell me to stop. You cannot tell me to stop. Pop, you're wrong for that one. I love you. I love you, but we got to call a spade a spade. And in the same realm of that, Steve Kerr, he kind of took a shot at his own team. In his arena, he's talking, he's talking in the post-game show, and he said, it feels like a concert during the game. He said, it's so loud. He said, you can't even hear the game going on. I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, play. Call your sets and play. Just, just go ahead and play. I, some, I think some of these older coaches are getting a little bit sensitive Maybe their ears are starting to get a little bit too sensitive for the for the noise. But Pop and Kerr, y'all got to just sit down. Sit down a little bit and just, just take a chill pill. It's all right for them to boo. All right, man, in conclusion, I told you guys, and I've, I've, I've done it all year long, so this is my ceremonially, ceremonious, ceremoniously, ceremonial, ceremonial. This is my ceremonial packing up. Of my Colorado Buffaloes. If I had theme music, I would be playing the boys to men. It's so hard to say goodbye to my Colorado Buffs. Colorado. And I want to ask a question to you, people. Was the season... Right now, Colorado, they only have four victories. Their last game is this weekend against Utah, which they might most likely will probably lose. Shador Sanders is a little bit banged up day-to-day. Don't know if he'll play or not. But they're probably going to lose that football game. Find a spread for me, Tate, on what that game is. But I asked you, I'm asking you, would you consider this season? 21 points. 21 points. Yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. 21-point spread for the Utah Utes of beating the Colorado Buffaloes. That'll put them uh, at, what, 4-8, and 4-9? They won't go to a bowl this year. They're not even bowl eligible. you got to have six wins to be bowl eligible. But I'm asking you, the people, take your bias away and, and how you feel about Dion. Would you consider this season a success? Now, of course, the standard is what? Wins, right? Most likely they'll have four wins, and they had some disappointing moments. They were up 29-0 against the Arizona Wildcats. They should have won that game, and they could have found themselves in a position to possibly be in a bowl game. But do you consider this season a success? For all intents and purposes, I say yes. And I am for one that do not believe in more victories. I believe that you got to win games. But when you look at what Dion has done, there was no hotter team for the first four or five, six weeks of the, the college football season than the Colorado Buffaloes. They sold out the spring game. Success. They sold out every home game this season. Success. They were bringing in $19 million a weekend to the city of Boulder, Colorado. Success. They were national TV games. I think that's a success. I think when you look at what they've done over time, or you know, in those games, they, they had some of the most viewed games. They had one of the most viewed Pac-12 games ever. 
this season. A lot of dudes made a lot of money. Now, you know, winning, people want to be a part of that. Because early in the year, we saw a lot of folks on those sidelines. Sometimes I even thought to myself, doing too much. A little bit too much distraction going on in Colorado. But as the year went on, folks decided we ain't making our way to Colorado. People are attracted to winning. So no matter what, when you win, the people are going to come. Oh, but when you don't. It's lonely at the top. It's even lonelier at the bottom. But I'll say this. I think that you got two stars. I think Shador is going to be a star. I think Travis Hunter is going to be a star. And more and more recruits are going to come to Colorado as they're moving to the Big Ten. Big Ten? Big 12? Big 12. Big 12. Moving to the Big 12 next year. The hype will be there again. Dion will be in the portal this year like he was last year. Dion in the portal last year, he was the number one school in the country. He had the number one portal class in the country. Last year, I think he's going to do that again this year, bring in some recruits. He's going to shore up that offense and defensive line. He knows that he has to do it. They're out there. They're going to bring in Warren Sapp. Now, I'm not a Warren Sapp fan as far as the human, but I think what Warren Sapp can bring as far as knowledge to the game, I, I, I think that's invaluable. I think what he's going to be able to teach these kids, again, I can separate player from man. I think Warren Sapp is a horrible man. Don't like him as a man. He, he spent money on the prostitutes. He spent money on them prostitutes. Boy, Warren will trick off some dollars on them. Matter of fact, sometimes he don't even pay them. Why he gets himself in trouble. Uh, so I hope that Warren doesn't, that part doesn't get on to the kids. But the part of him being there, uh, gonna, you know, they're going to be able to work an, another season together to have that unit gel. I think Shador is coming back. Um, I think, well, Travis has no choice but to come back. I think, Travis, next year, you kind of got to make a decision, my boy. You got to play one way all the way. This whole two thing all the time, I just don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's I don't think it's doable. I think pick a side and then be a part-time playmaker on the other side. So if you pick offense, you kind of play some defense here and there. If you pick defense, which I think you should do, you go and play, you know, you kind of like do like Deion did, come in every now and again for some package plays. But overall, I think the season was a success. They didn't win enough games to go to a bowl game, but they put themselves on the mat and they made I, – I, I've, I've been around college football for a very long time. I played in it. I have not seen this many Colorado football games on TV. They've probably had – I mean, they, they've had some of the most views games in college football history. They've probably been on some prime times, you know, I mean, I, all the game days, were, all the game days were there. All of them. Big, the big noon kickoff, college game days, uh, the, the shows, the, all the shows were there. All, all the, the FS1s and the ESPNs, everybody was there. Cameron, Mace, Master P, uh, Lil Baby, Dub Baby, Small Babies, White Babies, Black Babies. <laughs> all the babies were there. You know, Uncle Lou, I mean, everybody was there. So I think that was a success. I think Dion, what he did this year, uh, solidified that, you know, he's here to stay. And, and I think next year he's going to continue to, to, to paint the masterpiece. I'm not saying that they're going to the national championship next year. I think they'll compete. I think they'll compete much better than they did this year. And that's a plus. So despite how you may feel, um, uh, a lot of you are looking around and saying, I don't like Dion for this or that or third. Uh, I think what Dion did – rub some of you the wrong way because he did it unconventionally. He did it his way. And a lot of times you guys all get set up in this the way it's supposed to go type of lifestyle. And Deion said, well, y'all do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. I like my way the way that y'all like. And I think that rubs some of y'all the wrong way because he did it his way. He, he did it He did it in the Dion way. Very, very outgoing, very loquacious in what he did, how he did it. There were some things that I, even I disagree with. Even being a fan of what he was doing, there was something that I disagree with. I didn't. I disagree with how he called his offensive line out in public. I thought we all knew that they were bad. They knew that they were bad. But when Deion came out and he said, oh, find new offensive lineman. And don't worry about it. I'm going to do that anyway. I think that was a little bit like, ugh, you had to say that about those kids publicly. I thought having those big crowds of, of superstars every week in the locker room, I understand what he was trying to do. But I thought, man, if I was an 18, 19-year-old kid, I'm trying to get prepared for a game. 
and I see my favorite rapper in the locker room, don't know how much I can be focused. Or when we come in, you, you're trying to mentally prepare yourself for a game, get the final details in it, and you look in there and Master P is playing ping pong. And Lil Wayne is performing in the locker room. And, and you know, it just, it just it was a lot. It was a lot. And, 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 I, and that's Dion. And, and those kids have to adjust to that. So um, tell me what you guys think. You can leave it in the comments, man, uh, on Facebook, um, on the Clips page. You can hit me up on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, at Mr. Fourth Alone. Let me know. I thought it was a success. Maybe you didn't. So, all right, man, that's it for me. Uh, I hope that you all had a very, very blessed Thanksgiving. Um, ate up all the good food. Uh, those, those leftovers are over on Sunday. That's it. Whatever you got left over on Sunday, they're going to trash. We're not going to do this Monday, Tuesday with leftover stuff. Sunday is the very last day for those leftovers. Shout out to everybody that cooked. I hope that you all spent time with your family and your loved ones, got a chance to just fellowship with them. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted because family, uh, they're not always going to be here. So when you have those moments to spend with them, spend them right. And uh, like Jay Billis said, man, don't take special for granted. Don't take special for granted because if you're not careful, you'll start to think it's routine. And when you begin to think special is routine, you miss it. You miss it. All right. Thank you guys, man. I appreciate you. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Mr. Fourth Along on Instagram, on Instagram, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Fanatic Views, on the YouTube page, Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Like it, subscribe, hit the notifications. Let that thing run. We want to run these numbers up, man. Tell somebody about this show. And most importantly, remember, never let anyone tell you that their lives are better than yours because it's your life. I'm out. Eliminate the contingencies.